film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah Coming at you from the mean streets of St. Louis, from a basement on South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Indie Film still sucks. We're still here. Still still here. They got some ambiance tonight, though. We do. Nice. We have uh, a new, another special guest, Trevor Edward Younger. Oh, yeah, with the middle name, too. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, all right. Thanks for coming, Trevor. Thanks Thank for you. Joining. Yeah, thanks for I, joining us. I've for watched sure. all of the shows. Well, before we get into that, i got to ask you okay. one famous question. What's your suck, Trevor? Uh, so I'm going to go with um, filmmaker attitudes. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it, it, it's weird. It's like every video that I watch is all about like the business. And you guys talk about it, too, and I, I understand. But, man, for me, it's like art and I want it to be about art and to hear everyone just talk about like how they value money and like that's the 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 way to measure success I I, I just rubs me the wrong way <laughs> I get that that's uh that's where I started yeah I said you know fuck money I just want to make art want to make films yeah that's where I ended it's got to be a balance right this was an earlier podcast I talked about when I was first getting into legal video and my, I guess my ex-sister-in-law, she said, oh, that's so great. You're doing your passion. You're doing what you love. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, no, no. Shooting legal video is not a passion. It's, it's a way to pay the bills. If I completely had it my way, I would only make the movies that I want to make. And hey, if we go down in flames, I'm only going to make the movies I want to make. So yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. But we're also trying to position ourselves by making films we think that will sell. But at the same time, I got to make something that I believe in. Yeah, there, there is that balance, right? Like, mm -hmm. you want to be able to sustain yourself and you want to be able to make more films, right? Like, yeah. So you need to make money so that you can pay for more movies. Uh, but like that being the, the complete standard and the idea that like, Man, I see so many uh, videos where people go, oh, yeah, unless you're making an art film, and they roll their eyes. Like, you'll never <laughs> yeah. make money with an art film. And it's just, like, a complete disregard of the, the art form, right? And, yeah. and like, that that's all I hear all the time. Every social media post is, like, how do I get distributed? How do I make money on this? And it's never about, like, how do I get better at making movies? Because, like, that, that, that matters, right? Like, well, we talk a lot about getting, and that's great. I'm glad you added getting better to that yeah. because it is. You're honing your craft. Yeah. And your art. If you can balance both, yeah. then that's the best of both worlds. Sure. And I think if independent filmmakers could understand that, that, yes, you can make what you want, as you get better, you can make maybe something else or, you know, you have choices of making, you know, different things. But money does give you options. I think that the misconception is like you have to make it, your films like a standard formula, right? Like that's what everybody like tries to do. You have to make it exactly like this. And like the criticisms of movies now are like the new Star Wars wasn't formula enough, uh, right? Yeah. Like it's really bizarre. 
Um, and like we have an opportunity as independent filmmakers to to make something different, right? Like we can actually go against the grain. We can do things that um, are are seen as the wrong way to do things. We can challenge the form. We have the opportunity to do that sort of thing. And you know, we're not going to make money anyway. If we try to make fucking <laughs> if we try to make Spider Man with a hundred thousand dollars, it's not going to be any good. So why don't make something that no one's ever seen before, right? No, that, no I like it. That's true. That's yeah, true. I agree. I, so. Uh, film professor, correct? I teach at Webster and I teach at Southern Southwestern Illinois, Illinois College. Southwestern yeah. Illinois. So how does that fit in? You probably see a lot of kids come through and, you know, all varieties of kids. Yeah, it's weird. Like, uh, uh, the, the post-COVID kids, I don't know, like, I don't even know how to talk to them anymore. <laughs> it's really? so bizarre. Yeah, they, they like, are into all sorts of new stuff and, like, there's new social media platforms and stuff. People make money on TikTok and stuff mm -hmm. now, so they're like, I want to get really good at videos so I can do TikToks. And I'm like, I don't do that. I, yeah, that's, I, I'm that's like, not art, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, there's art too. TikTok, sure, and you can make artistic TikToks. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, uh, but like, I, it's just a different world from what I've grown up in and stuff. I don't know. They, they're, they're from all, all sorts of different backgrounds, and some of them are artists, and some of them are very like business savvy type people. And uh, I try to like direct my message as best as I can there, but I, I think my bias always shows that I'm an artist. But you're teaching the fundamentals of film. Oh, yeah, and the, yeah, that's for sure. still, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. Still that's a solid foundation. I, I think so. I think, um, you know, as soon as people learn, like, don't cross the line and stuff, their their stuff gets better, gotcha. right? <laughs> uh, keep, keep the light directed in the same direction, you know? Like, don't flip your, uh, your light around and stuff, have good sound. All these things that are incredibly fundamental are really important regardless of, you know, if you're making an art film or if you're making some kind of commercial thing. Why do you think, I mean, you're, you're, a, uh, you're a teacher, an instructor. Yes. Why do you think people get into filmmaking? Everyone who sticks with this has something wrong with them, right? Yeah. Like I have like clinical depression and stuff. And I, I'm on, hey. I'm on, I'm on the drugs and stuff, and I, I think almost everybody has something. And quite unfortunately, I think a lot of filmmakers have like narcissistic personality disorder, and we're like, I, I don't like those people, you know. So there are certain filmmakers I like and certain ones that I don't like. Yeah, I think everybody's got something wrong with them. Just stick with this. Like it's 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 a really bizarre thing to stick with. It's an expensive art. Right? It is. It's a, a it's a collaborative art and it's forced collaboration. So you need a bunch of people and you need a bunch of people to come in and do stuff on time. And that's hard to do. Yeah. That's very hard to do. Uh, so like I, I've been doing photography lately and man, it's just so much easier. It's like just <laughs> me and a person, you know. And Is that know. some of the stuff I saw you put out on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. So on Facebook and Instagram yep. and stuff. Yeah, sounds yeah. pretty. Sounds pretty good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> what's the what's the collective reason behind some of those? Is there a is there a, a general theme behind the entire with three sixty five? Right. Oh yeah. So it yeah. started when I uh, when I started taking antidepressants and okay. I wanted to see like where my art would go. All right. You know, so I, I just challenged myself to do. Uh, you know, an art piece every single day. That's and sometimes it's, yeah, 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 Okay. Right. So like, let's see how we do over the course of a year. Um, and sometimes it sucks, but you know, it's no, like, I, I you just got to get sucks. something some of them, done in a day, you know? So sometimes they're simple, right? And it's just like a doodle or something like that. And other times it's like, uh, I'm going to get some people out into the, the studio and do some photography and stuff. And that I, I kind of like a are, lot more. Are you shooting them ahead of time or on that day? 
Uh, I shoot and edit all on the same day. Same day. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really easy. It's it's great. It's 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 so much more freeing than filmmaking. And I love filmmaking, right? I'm a filmmaker first and foremost. But to not have to plan and plan and plan, you know, you just go and you shoot the thing and then you edit it and it's done. And like, if it sucks, who cares? It only took a day, right? Um, so like, it, it's it's liberating to kind of do that. So I got a question. So uh, you talk about what you're doing in the present. I'm curious on how you actually got started and hmm. what prompted you to just pick up a camera or pick up a script? I, I don't even remember. Like, I, I've been doing this for so long. Um, I remember my parents had, like, a VHS camcorder at home, and I did, like, claymation animations and stuff by pressing record and stop on a V. You're not supposed to do that, right? You have, like, a Super 8 or uh, uh, an 8-millimeter camera. You can do stop motion properly, but I did it with a VHS camcorder. So, <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing with the VHS camcorder, yeah. except I was, I don't know, 19 or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. I guess I'm a little bit younger than you. <laughs> yeah, but how did, okay, so that progresses into shorts? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I think, the, like, that animation and stuff I would show in school, like, they let me, like, put it on the, like, CRT TV and, like, the kids oh, wow. watched it and stuff. And I, I think I liked that, you know, that's my first exposure to, like, doing art that was a little bit different than, you know, art class, you draw a tree and you put it out in the hallway and stuff. And people seemed to like it. And then um, my first film was in 2005 that I actually completed. I showed that in a theater and we got all like all the parents and stuff to come in. It was, I, I think we had probably over a hundred people there. It was my senior year of um, high school. And uh, it's like got a bunch of like rape scenes and stuff oh, in no. it, and and, uh, and and yeah, the, the all the parents were just disgusted and and like offended. They had no idea what they were walking into. Was that into, pre-approval right? days of getting it past like like the school like? Uh, that, so or? I mean, like I didn't need. Uh, we actually did put it on the, like the schools like hard drives and stuff. Like they had a server. Yeah, but nowadays you can run everything by everybody yeah, before yeah, yeah, it gets really. Yeah, right. I got suspended for an animation too at school. Like I, I had like a, a guy that goes through a wood chipper and blood sprays out and stuff. And they so like now we understand your future. Are <laughs> your yeah, but, your, your but, future yeah. getting a reaction out of people. Yeah. Is still pretty awesome. Whether yeah. whether they absolutely hate it or absolutely love it, it's still cool to get that reaction oh yeah i i'd much prefer someone to absolutely hate it than absolutely love it uh, <laughs> you'd prefer uh, them to yeah, hate it than to uh, love it well i mean like i i don't if it, it feels like if there's a universal love for something it's not good there's, to me you know universal so love it, it, for anything. Well, it's it does seem like that now but I, I i like the hate and love but i think the the neutral like eh that's the worst. That's yeah, the worst. that is right, absolutely right, worst. Right, right. No, you want you want a definite reaction from somebody. Actually, the worst is. Um, have you gotten this? I'm, I'm sure you've gotten this. It looks like a real movie. Oh my god. Oh, uh, you did so good. It looks it looks just yeah. like a yeah. real yeah. movie. You talk every, a lot about that, Chris. Every screening <laughs> I've ever had, and you know, people don't get it, and and you just kind of like smile. Yeah, thanks, and shake their hand. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, I'm glad I spent three years and pints of blood and ripped out my yep. hair for it to look like a real movie. Thank you. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. The other thing that I've heard so many times, and I'm sure you've heard this, if anyone you don't know finds out you make movies, oh, you make movies? Is it porn? Oh, no, I, I haven't gotten that too often. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I get the porn thing because I often shoot in, like, motels and stuff yeah and then they're like oh yeah uh what kind of movie is oh it? yeah 
and they're always kind of polite about it and stuff. But like uh, the the motels that we can afford are probably like, well, we lifted up a mattress one time and it's like syringes underneath it and oh, stuff, man. and syringes and baby oil. And I'm like, what? So at this point, how many uh, how many feature films have you made? Uh, three, but one of them doesn't count because it's so bad. <laughs> so wait wait go i i got your filmography okay. what yeah so there i i made one in 2008 i think yeah but that was out of right high school right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just from it, and sure. you learned right because i learned that, about... i learned that i'm terrible at this <laughs> well let's, all right let me let's go back to that because we all love right, sure. to talk about sure, the bad because yeah, yeah. we talk about the good the bad and the in-between uh-huh. and we've got plenty of bad shit trust me your first feature yeah uh, how much experience did you have when you went into that Almost none. Um, so I, I had done my short film, and it's a fairly long short film. It's about 30 minutes long. And uh, like how we shot that was like we, we shot it all chronologically, and then we like moved to the next shot and stuff. We didn't change angles very much. We didn't do anything, right? Yeah. Like all, all, all just given light, whatever's there and stuff. And then I learned Adobe Premiere making that film. And then I was like, I can make a feature film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it was my first time working with, like, actors and stuff. Uh, after that, I was like, I hate actors. Yeah, I really I know hate that. actors. I know that feeling. But now I love actors, and I hate <laughs> filmmakers. So they're, uh, they're all terrible, really. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. I I think, I think that I was just so inexperienced. And then when like actors knew what they were doing and stuff, they wanted something from me that I couldn't give them. I couldn't give them the right kind of direction. I couldn't give them the right kind of notes. So they didn't know what they were doing. Right. So if you've acted before. Yeah. A little bit, but I'm not, I don't consider myself an actor. Did you, have you uh, like acted for somebody else? Yes. It's a different experience, right? It is. And if they are not a good director, you are just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Where do you want me to look? What do you want what do you want me to do? And then they're just like, do the lights and stuff. And, and, right. and you're just like, like left, a, there's the craft in the of acting and then there's the vision dark. of the director, the writer, that, right? That's what yeah. the actor's thriving for is to, is to take your vision and put it through their medium to put it out. Yeah, there's like two kinds of directors, yep. they say. There's the ones that stay behind the camera and stuff, and then the ones that come out in front of the camera and actually work with the actors and stuff. And like previously, I was the guy behind the camera, and I was so afraid to step forward, right? Like, because I don't know what any of this is like. I don't know what I should be telling you, and I don't know how to communicate with you. I don't know what to say to get what I want. Instead, I'll just do all this stuff, and I'll hope that you can do it because you're the actor, right? Uh, but actors don't like that. No, and it is intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you go to film school? I know you teach. I did, yeah. Okay. So uh, at first I went to SIUE and I dropped out there. And I went there initially for mass communications because I wanted to make films, right? And like that was the closest thing. And I had one class, entire first eight weeks of a 16-week course, was wrapping cables, right? Learn how to wrap cables right. Because when you step on set, that's what you're going to be doing. That's how you can make money in this business. You need to know how to wrap those cables. It's a, it's a good and I was skill like, to have. Dude, <laughs> fuck this. Ooh. This sucks. And uh, uh, I, I had a, a theater class because it was like an elective. And I was like, this is incredible. I love this. Uh, so I, I just switched over to like this kind of custom uh, major for me that where I like did all of my film studies stuff. And then I, I took a bunch of theater courses and stuff. And I learned a bunch of things about like um, 
Samuel Beckett. My guy. Right? Waiting for Godot. Yeah. Did it in high incredible. school. Incredible. So incredible. Guy, right? yeah. 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 Like Waiting for Godot is incredible. Yeah. And all of his stuff. Play is really yes. good. Uh, not I. I love Not I. And it's just like, whoa. Yeah, like this deep, is right? this is so different and so unique. And then I was like, I want to. I want to make movies like this. I want to. I want to uh, challenge things because uh, I. I always wanted to make like surreal movies. I like David Lynch and stuff. But like, anytime you make weird movies, they're like it's just like David Lynch, right? <laughs> and, and, and then you're like, well, I want to do something that's not just a David Lynch clone. But yeah, I eventually went to Webster. I, I showed like a medium length film. It was like 45 minutes long to my uh, professor at SIUE, and he was like you should go to school. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And then I didn't go back there. Instead, I went to Webster and then I never left. Got my graduate degree there and just kept teaching there. So, you know, That's here nice. I am. You brought up a good point uh, a minute ago. Yeah. When you said your, your first class you took, you were learning how to wrap cable. Yeah. There's a school of thought, which I completely do not believe in, that in order to become a film director, first you have to be a PA, then a grip, then this and that. I've always been of the opinion, if you want to be a film director, you need to fucking direct films. And that's what you need to do. Yeah. And and learning how to do all the other stuff. It's great to have that knowledge, but I did not want to spend my career working as a grip. I did not want to spend my career working up to being an AD. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to do, and that was direct films. Yep. And I think that's the only real path is just start directing films. Yeah, I, I, I think that you're right. I get that question from students a lot. Like, what, what do you start with to get your way to a director? And I, I don't think there's a clear path. Wrapping cables and stuff, what are you going to be? A key grip, probably? Yeah. Like that, that's and there's your... nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. No, I, I think, to your point, I agree with you, Chris, mostly, but I, I think it's not a bad idea for anybody to get on set to do anything to see how anything's done. Oh, no. Oh, sure, I mean, yeah. I mean, I... I've been acting for a long time, and I started out as an extra. But I sure as fuck didn't want to be an extra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I still have a lot of friends who, they're extras in Hollywood movies, and they're posting shit that they're on this movie set, and they're doing their thing. But that's not quite what I wanted to do. <laughs> and so to get on set, I had to learn what actors really needed to do to, yeah. to get bigger. I, mean, I think it's important to understand what each orchestra piece does and understand that and how the collaboration of the orchestra is put together, if I can use that as a metaphor. Yeah. But you don't necessarily need to be able to play each instrument in order to be collective as a whole. I would think right. it might be important to be an assistant director in order to understand more about the directing role as a whole. Uh, but I don't necessarily need think I, you again, need Again, I disagree with that. I think AD transfers to like... Producer pretty well. It does. Okay, is that right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I just became. I mean, a you got like, an actor as well. So <laughs> right, right. I just you, you got all that scheduling and stuff as an AD, and then like a producer, you have to like. No, but now that I said that, I was watching what stuff. our first AD did on Red Knight, and you're right, hundred percent. The key <laughs> component to an independent director, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong or right, is you just have to have an incredible will to yeah. force everything through. Because <laughs> wow. that's really how it is. Um, that's a great visual. And I, I don't mean force people to do what you want to do. No, no, no. That's not what you said either. the process from beginning to end. Yes. I, I think that you have to have like a, a really thorough knowledge of the material. I think yeah. it really helps if you're a writer. I think, I think the two things that would help are, are if you're a writer, also if you're an editor, like you know what you need to get to 
put an edit together, you know, so you know what you need, what you can sacrifice in terms of coverage to get through yeah. your day and stuff. I don't know. Adaptability, I think, is really important, right? Like you were talking a, a few podcasts ago. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how many ago it was about like uh, someone didn't show up and you had to like rewrite on the fly yeah, and stuff, right. right? Like that. That's that's something that's fairly common and if you're really good at it though like you can pull something off that's great like i i'm, I'm like a crazy person and i believe in like the film gods right like I'm, I'm i'm agnostic i don't like i'm not religious or anything but on set i'm religious yeah right? <laughs> uh, like, like there's all this chaos and like you can't control everything no and 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 stuff just kind of fucking happens right uh but like you, you have to think that like there's some kind of fates pulling the strings and like if you were going to do this other thing and it doesn't work out that's because that other thing was going to suck right like yeah. you have an opportunity now to, co to to do something else that will supplant that and be better so it's a challenge from the gods right like wait a second this thing was going to suck you need to come up with something better very quickly all right so you got through your first feature film yeah and how'd you feel after you were done with that terrible Felt terrible. I feel terrible about all my films. Wait, what, so what was the name of the I first one? I know that one? feeling. What was the name of the first one? Uh, Hermetica. It's a bad Hermetica. title. Okay. It's a bad title. Uh, it, it's something that like uh, I try to tell people uh, like that are like new filmmakers and stuff like don't pick something that like has no connotative meaning for anybody, right? Like Hermetica. What does that mean to you? Nothing. Like it doesn't mean anything to anybody, right? So like simple titles, um, things that like okay. Uh, uh, Coyote, right? Simple. That's that's you you know what a coyote is, right? <laughs> like you have an image in your head of what this is going to be or what this means or anything, right? And it might be different than what I want you to, but you have something. And if you pick some fucking word that nobody knows, <sighs> yeah, let's not talk about that one anymore. Can well, we just can we can move on? This is well, it. your second feature is coyote. You brought yes. the candles. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put one out for Hermetica, right? <laughs> is that how we're working this? I don't know. I, don't know. Uh, I was a freshman or sophomore, I guess, like transfer student at Webster. And I was like, I'm doing a fucking feature. Fuck this. Uh, so I, I wrote this thing um, after that longer film, that 45 minute long film, got into Webster and like, I didn't want to just do like short films like they wanted to do or they wanted you to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, I'll just do it on my own. I don't care. Uh, and Bill Oberst uh, had sent me an email. Like he, he saw one of my shorts and he was like, Hey, if you, if you want me to work on something, I'd love to work with you. And I looked at his stuff and I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy wants to work with me. I'll write a whole fucking feature for you, dude. Uh, so I did. And uh, it's like, I guess, Bill exploitation, right? I tried to push people as far as they will go. He took Epicac. Right, you yeah. know what that stuff yeah, is. Makes you throw yeah. Up. yeah, yeah. So, did so <laughs> one of our our uh, crew members found like a five year expired epicac at their house. And oh, I was no. like, uh, he drinks antifreeze, right, and then like pukes his guts out. And I was like, let's do like just take shots of red food coloring and red vines and all this red stuff, and then drink that epicac. And we sat there for like forty five minutes while it kicked in, and he's like. And it just like, like go, we're ready. Fountains out, and I couldn't. I was just laughing uncontrollably. I don't know. It was it was like uh, probably the giddiest moment I've I've had behind my camera. Was it genius? Yeah. Is it, is it, it was. Was, yeah, it, was it all in the trailer? Or was oh, it's it, not in the trailer. I didn't think no. so. Okay, no, I, I, didn't say I, 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 that. I think we would have gotten in trouble for that. But, but it is pretty awesome when you have an actor who's willing to do that. Oh yeah, he was. He was like. He was really into it. I. I 
tried to challenge him to say no and he just never said no for anything and i i talked to him about like if i cut your arm off for a scene and we could get it put back on would you do that like and he was like yeah yeah if you paid for it to be reattached i would do that oh and i was gosh. like holy shit <laughs> This guy is amazing. That is right? some method fucking actor. We didn't make him cut his arm. He's not a method oh. actor or anything. Like he 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 snaps it right off. Um, I I heard about um, Christian Bale. Like he's method, right? Yeah. But but he's not method all the time, right? Like when the camera starts rolling, then like it snaps Day in. Lewis right? or somebody who stays in character the whole yeah. yeah. Call time. me Mr. Lincoln. Right. Exactly. Right. I I, I love Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. I love Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. But there's two but different techniques. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, yeah. so like, when the camera rolls, you can kind of snap into it and stuff. And I think that that's kind of what he does, right? So, like, as soon as the camera's done rolling, he's, like, super kind uh, and and just gentle and super sweet. And then the camera rolls and he's drooling and raping people, you know? So did you find that freeing as a director who thought he was a behind-the-camera director? Is that when you started coming out? And, I think because so. Because such an, an action, you know, reaction. Yeah, I, I mean, there? like, we, I had to do that. Uh, with previous things, but yeah, like I, I had a real connection with him and he was so willing and ready to try things. And I think that that made me overcome a lot of my fears. Cause like as a director, people ask you like a question and you want to give them an answer, but sometimes it's the wrong answer. Right. And like most amateur filmmakers, it's like they give that wrong answer and they lean into it. Right. It, it's like it's it's the wrong answer and it's clearly the wrong answer they're like i have to go with it because i have to be right i have to be the director and stuff and just being completely wrong and being like oh i fucked up let's just let's do it completely differently this time and then like being that open and he's totally open to it and not thinking like oh well you don't know what the fuck you're doing that was absolutely freeing and uh i, I think actors can appreciate that too you oh yeah tell sure. you tell i give you the wrong notes right and then you go and do it and you go that feels weird and I yeah, go, usually that was weird <laughs> dude let's try something else yeah, you're right but if it gives me notes i do the opposite and it turns out just fine <laughs> yeah it gets cut out so, I have <laughs> right. so uh how long of a shoot was coyote i think it was like a month straight through yeah, yeah, we, we, we shot straight through. We would take weekends off, um, and then we'd just jump right back into it. So he flew out from L.A. We had an apartment that I sublet from somebody, and it was just like a mattress in an empty room. Uh, and, and he just slept in there, and then he went out and shot and went right back in there. Like, he, he uh, I think it was his first time where he was like, I'm going off the grid, and he, like, got rid of his phone and everything. So wow. he was just like... really dove into it. Yeah. It, it was, I, I think it was less of a big deal at that time. Like, not everybody had smartphones. No, 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 I don't right, think right, he has yeah. a smartphone what, what year was at all. That? What year was that? 2012. I felt a lot better about it and stuff. And we, we, we did things that, like, okay, we did, like, the rape scenes and stuff in the one film. And, like, I liked that because it got a reaction out of people. But then it felt really cheap, right? Like, I don't like that in movies anymore. <laughs> like, I don't like to really watch that. And I feel like that's a, a really cheap way to, like... It's like cheap heat if you're like a wrestling person, right? Like like you go out and you go, ah, St. Louis sucks, right? And everybody boos you, yeah. right? Like, uh, And that feels really weak to me. So I, I, I wanted to challenge in different ways and stuff. So there's still like sexual content in there and full frontal nudity and stuff, but no no rape scenes anymore, right? Like let's, let's keep things uh, 
uh, provocative in a kind of different way. Now, did you get assistance from RAC? The RAC and RAC, yeah, and, uh, I don't know what the hell that is. No, regional uh, Arts Commission. The, the, yeah, there's the Regional Arts Commission, and then there's the uh, Missouri Arts Council. Yeah. Neither with Coyote, right? Like, uh, my first pitches to the Regional Arts Commission was like, I want to go to a church, and I want to uh, do this big event and have, like, satanic things happen, right? Like, I, I want a big satanic thing to happen in this church where you can go and visit and stuff and freak people out like that. And they were like, no, no, <laughs> don't do that. So then I, I learned to kind of like communicate with those guys a little bit better and what they they're after and what they want and it's not you know a vhs camcorder with a vagina in it that uh bill over his fingers no no talk about coyote then you shot straight through so <laughs> yeah. what, what kind of budget did you have on that if you don't mind talking about i think it was like six thousand dollars oh six thousand yeah. dollars wow you it was like nothing so were you working as the teacher then no no i was a student oh yeah i was a student shooting. yeah so he came down yeah took no yeah pay. so like uh, or little pay. very little pay and like most of the money was like for his flight i think he got his own food he like bought us dinner sometimes <laughs> i was eating um like our cinematographer who's who's dead now um uh he was living out in like illinois like way out in the sticks and he had like a garden of like beets and like radishes and stuff and we were eating like beets and radishes for dinner like oh, we had no money we're poor people yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how big of a crew did you have on that very small so it was uh, me nick walters who was the cinematographer kevin strange he made like a bunch of movies and alton for a period of time now he does like cartoons and, oh. and comic books and stuff because you know this shit costs a lot of money yeah i kind of poached him from there and then we have my wife who's my creative partner on everything. And then a couple of people that I just knew from college that just kind of tagged along and stuff. And they, they helped a lot. And then I met Holly Minert on that set from Craigslist. She ended up going to Hollywood and working on like really good movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a Magnificent Seven, is that what it's called, right? Like the remake? Yeah, yeah it's actually she worked on, she worked, I haven't seen it, but she worked on that and she worked on Gone Girl and stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, you, you like, do the real thing uh, but that was after us and then she came back and helped us with some other movies and stuff so everybody stick it out the whole time pretty much yeah uh, we we're all really passionate about it and killing ourselves for it and it was like the hottest summer in st louis at the time so like our cameras would overheat when we went outside and we'd have to like go get it in the air conditioning for a couple hours and go oh, back man. out and shoot that's dedication yeah. eating that's radishes cool. and beets and, yeah. and working probably 12 or 15 hours a day oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. For so, sure. So you mentioned your wife. Was she your wife then? Girlfriend? Uh, I think she was my wife at that point. Yeah. Okay. So like we've been married for like almost 15 years. Wow. We've been together since I was 16 years old. So was she, she your creative partner back then? She started doing her own work. So I did cinematography for her for an experimental film called Crabs in a Dollhouse. All right. And it's, it's like a bunch of little crabs in a dollhouse. And it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then like she started doing like a lot of production design for me and stuff because she's just really smart with that stuff and I'm really not smart with that stuff. Is that her, you uh, actually reached out to me uh, for Red Knight about production design. I, yeah, yeah, I you did. did. And 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 uh, someone was like, "Oh, Carrie should do it," and she was like, "I think oh. she was pregnant at the time," and she's like, "Dude, I just can't." Might have been Stancy or someone threw your name in the hat, yeah. might, or I might have thrown Carrie's name in the hat. Yeah, I think it, I, I think you contacted me for Carrie specifically, and yeah. I was like, I'll tell you about some students. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like, yeah, none of those worked out. Students yeah. never yeah. did. <laughs> Sorry, because that's one thing that St. Louis has a uh, serious lack of production designers. 
there are a handful and there are some people that I will never work with, but <laughs> yeah, you know, cause everyone wants to, everyone wants to be the cinematographer. Everyone wants to be the director, but I mean, really none of that shit matters if what you're looking at doesn't look believable. So here, stop for a second. Cause Greg, you talked about your four pillars. We always mention yeah. that, right? I think sound's really important. And I think performance is really important in story. I mean, it, that that's the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Your, your story being there, even if you shoot something with a VHS camcorder, that can be aesthetically pleasing that could be really interesting um so i don't know that like cinematography is is necessary well i mean like it is at the most basic level right like yeah it can it can be it can be um much more simple than you think it can all be locked down on sticks and look good it can be lit just with daylight and look good but sound is important you need to be able to hear what people yeah (laughs) people are saying for sure and then you know um i like production design a lot i think that that's what makes right on (laughs) aesthetic you know aesthetics really important for me right and that came through in the last film you did that i that i got to see that's why it's it's listed like a film by trevor and carrie there's so much production design in there and so much like she's a producer right and like that's the power of that movie that it's like Holy shit! Look at all the locations and yeah. where where you are in the so world before, and stuff. Before we oh, get into into that one, uh, yeah. what happened with Coyote afterwards? Uh, yeah, so it went all, all over the world and stuff. It got banned from a couple of places uh, for the vagina camera because it's like an action. It's it's, your time it's not real. That. It's not <laughs> yeah. real, you know. Um, uh, and then you know, I I don't know. Like people seem to really like it. I tried to make a movie where like I was like nobody's gonna like this shit, and I'm gonna feel great about it. And then like everybody liked so was it. it picked up through distribution? <laughs> it or was just, okay. It went very poorly. Uh, <laughs> and I don't it. and I don't know that I can even talk about it because there's like litigation. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I don't without, know, I don't know without naming names, because that's one. Yeah. thing. I mean, you can look it up. No, 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 no. We're never gonna name. We're never going to talk about the name of a distributor. Or okay. Like that well, they said because that we, we think so too, <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. But part of our journey with this is yeah. getting in. We're going to be getting into distribution with our new film. It was really exciting, and Greg, you talk about it like, oh, they're like, oh, we love it, and we'll do everything for you and yeah. stuff, and give us the deliverables, and then they kind of do their own thing, and you're waiting, and you're like, okay, where's my sales reports? What's going on here? And, um, like it was, I think it was number 11 on Amazon for horror movies, like on physical media. And I'm like, that sounds good. And then, uh, like we got our first sales reports and it's like a shitload. And then they're like, uh, there are these things called buybacks and they're like, we had to buy back all that stuff that these people bought because like they, they ship it out to stores and stuff. And then they go, oh, you know, uh, we'll buy it back if it doesn't sell. But they did the buybacks like immediately, and it's like that doesn't sound right. And then their line costs, like I didn't know anything about that stuff, right? Like line costs are, um, oh, we're gonna cut a new trailer for you. My trailer was fine. Oh, we're gonna make a new poster for you. Their poster sucked compared to ours. That's right? ninety nine percent of the yeah. time. And then it was like, uh, they paid their buddy like five grand <laughs> for a trailer, yeah, and it's like, that's, uh, yeah. that that's not. That doesn't seem right. We just saw nothing from them. We got like a big box of DVDs that we were allowed to sell on our own. Uh, but that that's the extent of what we got from them. So zero dollars. But, you know, I didn't spend that much money. And I don't really care. Well, I care that they screwed you over. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do too. You know, and uh, I, I care more uh, about the continued screwing over. Because our contract ran out and then they kept it on streaming. 
and then they added it to new streaming services, and like we terminated our contract. Oh yeah, they'll, and it's still out there. Now you can't get it and, back because they're still. Well, I have money. it. I like yeah. it's it's on streaming services for me too, but um, like we, we are on Film Hub, which is like the thing now for indie filmmakers. Yeah. A bunch of platforms are like declined because it, they go, wait a second, it's submitted from two people. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to fucking, I, who who owns this? I, I'm not going to take it. So like Tubi, which is like your big source of revenue, right. is like, nope. And then it's like, you're fucked. Like you don't make any money off of it. So we're like, let's uh, let's well, tell these guys to that. stop so, doing that. No, sorry you went through that. Thanks though. for sharing that because I think it's important and, to understand yeah, it that it happens to right. a lot of people you get excited mm-hmm. somebody yeah. wines and dined you and then next thing you know it's like you lost control and you just kind of well that's the thing yeah. right like uh for new filmmakers it's like distribution that means that you've made it that's yeah. that's your success mm-hmm. but really like our success was like i think we were in like 40 film festivals and won w- awards and stuff i didn't win any awards film won a, a couple <laughs> and then bill oberst won a couple uh but yeah like that that was the success for it so let me ask you this did they reach out to you or did you reach out to them the distributor oh they reached out to us so um some film festivals that when you get in um the the little ones that don't matter right? yeah it, it's a big fucking scam right yep so like the festival's a scam too. So yep. we went out to Pittsburgh, I think it was, or Philadelphia. We flew out. We got there and it was like a big fucking shit show. And we were supposed to go on at like 10 p.m. And we went on at 2 a.m. Oh, and it's like, fuck. we got like five people here. So like, what the fuck is this? Oh, it was a, a film uh, horror convention, right? So the festival matters less than the convention part. But what you said about your... Where the film's at right now, a distributor, if if you don't stay on top of them, they'll just keep making money off your movie. I'm not saying everyone will do that, but plenty will. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, if they're not staying on top of it, we'll, we'll, they're not going to have the resources or the wherewithal to seek legal counsel, so we'll just keep doing yeah. it. And there's this thing in most contracts called forced arbitration, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. So like the, this company's over in like New Jersey or whatever, right? And it's like, if you have any dispute, you need to come to New Jersey yep. and you have to deal with our arbiter who deals with us all the time, but has never seen you before. Right. Yeah. You're fucked every direction. Yeah. But if your contract runs out and they say like, it's all, it's all good. You own the rights to it and they continue to use it. Yeah. Well, I like, think they're in trouble. What, uh, what happened after Coyote? I kept going to school. I made a pilot that didn't do anything. And I liked it a lot. I thought it was fun. It was like not super surreal. Uh, it was called Dope, and I worked with Jackie Kelly, who you I worked know that, with before. I know. That was uh, Ford Fanter. Yes. And Jackie yeah. Kelly. Yeah. yeah. That's that's mine. We did that, and it went to Vice. I think Vice is gone now, right? Uh, Vice TV. I didn't see a whole lot of narrative coming out of there. Right? No, there was so, a lot of reality. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Like so docu's. So I guess. I, I, I like to think that that's the reason why they said no, and not because I suck, but it was probably because I suck. But it, we made it that far, and then it's like, eh, we don't have any money to continue this thing. I wanted to, but I recycled some ideas into other scripts and stuff. But There's the filmmaking gods giving you a pivot, yeah, and then you moved on to something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, dude, you're going to get locked into this shitty show, and everyone's going to hate you. Let's <laughs> do something else, man. I enjoyed my experience. It's probably the most fun I've had on a set it was just a lot and of your fun. goal was to do it as at that to to try to present it to whomever vice or whomever right yeah yeah it, it, kind of okay yeah I, I i sort of just hoped that like if we made something good enough it would find its audience 
but most people were just kind of mad on it, you know? Like, it, it, it just wasn't um, what people wanted. Very familiar with the word now. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. Knows Rejection is the thing all hey. filmmakers experience, right? Yes. We get a lot of it. Yes. <laughs> we must like that. It's not all bad. No, it's not all bad. It's all consistent. <laughs> okay, so after after that... The, uh, the latest feature yeah. is The Man in Room 6. How yeah. did that come about? Dope didn't do what I wanted it to do. And uh, like I, I was really trapped in my mind of doing something that's not climactic in terms of structure, but more like episodic. But all one piece now. I want it to be done, right? Like I, I want to film this thing and have a whole thing at the end of it. So I, I, I thought of this idea to do something that's kind of like an anthology or a omnibus. I guess omnibus means it's all by one person. Mm-hmm. Anthology is multiple people, but not in a way that you've seen before, where there's a, a big story and then all these little like side stories and stuff. Instead, I want it to be like all kind of a straight through line, but then there are these intersecting web of, of things. And to really challenge the form instead of challenge people with like content and nudity and violence and stuff to instead challenge people with how a story is told i really like to mess with people and freak people out and stuff and i thought that's the real challenge right like take those tools away from somebody and and just do it with conventional storytelling techniques like how can you remorph this into something new and different well you saying that because my first thought and seeing the indie film was like man over two hours yeah. is long as hell oh yeah nobody's nobody likes that but your, your <laughs> description of it yeah. like okay that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas before, it's like this is a long ass independent film. Yeah. But you saying that you're you're basically doing an omnibus. Yeah. In a one feature length form, like okay, having seen the film, like yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. I, I we we had a lot of people say like oh you should break it up and make it into a series and stuff and I just didn't want to do that like I have a a, a good experience like watching series all in a row mm-hmm. you know all at once and I I want that without the here's the intro again here's the you know and 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 without the this thing has now ended and now we're starting a new one and stuff let's keep it all kind of um cohesive and and bleeding together and stuff i think that that that's an interesting approach and that's what i wanted to do with it what is man in room six about well it's about a girl who meets an old man who uh claims to be immortal he might not be immortal and then he tells her some stories about how he got that way but it's really about the girl right something happens halfway through that you probably wouldn't expect and then it takes a drastic turn in terms of um subgenre and stuff um and i i really like that too you know i like um there's there's a coen brothers movie called uh serious man or just like fucking ends. And I was like, I love it. Like there's like a tornado that comes and everything's building up and then it just cut to black. It's over. I love that. Yeah. I do. I do. People are like, how could you? I go, I know. It was awesome. And people were like, oh, I hate this. And I was like, for a second, I was like, oh, I hate this. And I was like, I love this. I love this. Shit like that. I I don't know. I I really like that. And, you know, I just want to do stuff like that. But nobody likes that. I don't know. No, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. That, that's great. And, you know, it's really hard to get somebody to watch two and a half expect, hours. I didn't know what to expect, obviously. And that's the best way to go with it. I think uh, with the two and a half hour format, too, I, I made it like in chapters, right? So you get the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, you can pop it in, like skip chapters and stuff, like reading a book. Like you can watch a little bit at a time. And I was like, that's a great way to watch this. And people are like, you can't watch movies like well, that. Well, I'll tell you, you're... 
I was never bored with it. Well, let me <laughs> ask you this, uh, related to that, because it was starring Jackie Kelly. Yes. And, and Bill Oberst again. Yes. How long did it take you to shoot that film? I, I, I don't know. It was close to three years, I think. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Because we've know. also done a three-year film. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this project. question, it works out perfectly for you. I don't know if this was intentional or not. Uh-huh. Jackie gained and lost weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that intentional? Not all the time. <laughs> uh, so it was for um, a, a character shift that she does. Like she, she, she plays multiple characters. So yes. like the old man tells these stories, and she projects herself into the stories, right? So for one of those, she she looks very, very different. I love it and stuff. Uh, but she had some kind of health issue at one point um, that that wasn't intentional. I felt like it worked out pretty well because of how we filmed it in these different segments yeah. and stuff. It seemed fine until I got like one review and they were like, was that the same person? Cause she looked so uh, different. She did. And I was like, Oh shit. I didn't think that like, you wouldn't be able to tell it's even the same person there. Which loses a lot of. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it loses it, some meaning. Yeah. Um, but you know, Whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. And whatever meaning you get out of it is what the movie is. And I don't care. So, like, uh, I think that was a happy accident, really, that it, that it worked out that way, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Because I had a similar film, a World War II film, which yeah. takes place, you know, over a short period of time. And it's obviously a, a linear story, but it took us three years to make the movie. So we mm-hmm. had actors who gained a significant amount of weight, which made it really difficult to, like, this scene takes place five minutes later. Yes. Wow, this guy doesn't look the same. Yes. Did you know you were going in for three years? No. Yeah, so that's the thing. We, I, I was like, when I pitched this, I was like, this is at least a year okay. to everybody. So you knew it was going to be long. Yeah. But not that long. Yeah. But, yeah. so did you have problems with continuity or, A like... couple places, yeah. So, like, um, we had a few things where we had, like, pickups. Yeah. And that we had to push those off, right? Because it was like something at the ocean or something like that. It's like, I can't get there, you know? Um, so so some of that stuff had to wait till the end. So like, if you look at like the final few scenes, like Jackie's in like a, a hospital and then we go outside and now she's like at the ocean and it's like, she looks a lot different here. Other than that, we didn't have a ton of issues with continuity. It helps to make something that's like surreal. Yeah. And like, that, that's what the, it, yeah. that's what the script is, right? I go, yeah. let's have this like amorphous thing. And I know what the scenes do. I know what they're supposed to do there. If I have to scrap it, I can like make this scene do that same thing and it'll be fine. Or I can rewrite it on the fly and I know what needs to happen to connect these two pieces. That was kind of the approach. It was like a, an on the road kind of thing. So right? what stretched it out three years though? What, what what changed from your year vision to three years? Financing. Financing? Right, yeah. So I, I wasn't ready to go into production, but I, I was like writing for the RAC grants, right? I was like, how about we write one for um, like a promo video? We'll do we'll do a Kickstarter. We want stuff to put together a little teaser to make that happen. And they're like, here's $3,000. And then I'm like, ah, what do I do? And I was like, let's shoot some scenes. And then we had started and I was like, keep going. Yeah, it was like, wait until your next tax refund and okay. then you can shoot five more scenes and stuff. We did have like two periods where we shot like a big bulk of it. Yeah, so who else is in the cast? A um, bunch of people. <laughs> I don't know. Who do you know? Joe Hammerstone. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, I was gonna say, Hammerstone. He's yeah, he's got a little cameo at the end. He, he was in Coyote too. So oh, like, I didn't know. Yeah, that. and he was in a, a short film that I made before that. What, so, what hasn't Hammerstone? So it's there? like I try not, to not shoehorn him That's in true. just a little bit somewhere. 
I all think anyone stuff. who's worked with Joe, any director, uh, thinks Joe is awesome. Joe Hammerstein. He's a good guy. Yes. He's cool. There's other people in it, too. Stanzi? Stanzi's in it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he doesn't act very often. But no, he doesn't. He came out and, and performed really well. I was so surprised at how well he performed. He, he was he was excellent. Eric I, is a very strong actor. Hey. Yeah, when you talk to him in person, I'm like, I don't know how big this guy can get. You know, like he's very subdued and stuff. We always talk about him like he's a vampire because he's just like really polite and quiet and stuff i I think that he knows so much from doing it himself to ask the right questions and to communicate the right way and get what i want from him i i had a great time with eric i thought he was awesome and jackie did pretty damn awesome too yeah jackie's all right huh (laughs) (laughs) she's only in like 95 percent of the scenes uh yeah she's she's great when we did dope we put out these these surveys that were anonymous. Like, here, tell us what you think of the thing. And man, people were just like scathing. And they were like, you think you're funny, but you're not. And I'm like, oh my God. And like, I was like, I'll never make a joke in a movie again. <laughs> um, everyone loved Jackie. They, they, didn't, they were like, these characters are unlikable and all this stuff, but we like this one. And I was like, she's got something going yeah, on no, there to, to overcome my terrible writing and make people like her yeah never never read the reviews as a indie filmmaker oh yeah i read them all and i get sad <laughs> so so I, I saw this was out now um man room six is did you learn from your distribution did you do things different did oh yeah you, did you so talk about that a little yeah, bit yeah so we're using film hub it's, okay. it's self-distribution where you can do streaming we did self-distribution for physical media too it's like actually pretty easy to do now like i, I got the discs printed and i got the the sleeves printed or yeah, whatever that, yeah. so we'll we'll stick the sleeves in the in the case like that's fine we'll save some money there everybody's selling off like these companies are selling off these great big like towers of blu-ray burners and stuff so we got some of those and we just like pop them in and uh, I authored all the stuff myself, so it's got cool like menus and stuff. Because I did that for Coyote for uh, reviewers and our menus and stuff. It was all really cool. And then when that company put out our, our shit, it sucked. It was just like mm. a, a flat image, and you can press play or press this other thing, and it didn't have like uh, right. It was basic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can do such really cool shit with like a, a DVD and, and Blu-ray they charge menu. You for the pleasure. Oh, absolutely, right. And I sent them. I sent them an ISO, and I said, just use this. Right, like it's ready for you, and they didn't use it because you know they're they bastards. Me. Yeah, yeah, they do that, right? I published my own stuff and put it out there on like a. They have like a thing for like web stores and stuff, so we just did that. I stole that from Hack Movies or Strangeville. I don't know what the fuck they're called. But that's what I'm sorry, doing. guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you guys are great. Uh, but that's what they were doing, right? You learned something from somebody else. Yes. And yeah, I saw that, that and I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. You can just make your own web store and stuff and it costs nothing at all. Why don't I do that? I know Amazon just totally screws you. Like if you sell through Amazon, they take right. like a bunch of it. And then Stanzi was really cool and he was like, hey, I, I self-distribute because he does that. And talk to these these stores and they'll they'll talk to you and stuff and i did and they're like yeah we'll buy 10 copies we'll buy this many copies and they have them in their their store and stuff too uh and then film hub is the it's just the way it's a split after the fact and you can probably make more money through it's 
an aggregator. Right. Are you familiar? So they're not like a distributor. They don't promote your stuff. You're, you're responsible for that. But if you've... You're doing that anyway. You're doing that exactly. Anyway. <laughs> you're doing it anyway. It's an 80-20 split from them. Okay. So they take 20%. You take 80. But then there's some like little caveats that you have to learn about too. Like you could publish on Amazon streaming yourself and you'd make more money, right? Because Amazon takes their cut too. But if you give it to Film Hub, they'll push you up the ranks and stuff and, and try to get it out there a little bit better. So... Uh, we gave them the right to kind of distribute everywhere and okay. stuff. And so it is like a um, cafeteria style where you're working a like a contract with them to like. So it, it, yeah, there's no contract really. Um, you can stop at any point. You can say uh, like it, it's basically like a marketplace for these streaming services. So they can they pay Film Hub to have access to the their marketplace, and then they go, I want this movie, this movie, this movie. They're picking them once they're on Film Hub. They yes. come in, and yes. then Film Hub tries to drive right. yours to wherever place you yes. guys Yes, so it, it, if, if you're cool with Film Hub and they think you have something good, they'll make it like one of the main featured things on their marketplace. So like that's part of the, just let them deal with everybody. They've been good. They paid us. Okay. See money. That's hey, crazy. That, that's you see insights, so you see how much money you're gonna make, and then like the streaming service takes a few months to actually pay it out. Sure. But then they pay it out. I was like amazed. I was like, this isn't real. So three years. So things have changed in three years. Yeah. Did Did you go into this knowing you were self distributing, and just you were gonna yeah. play it however, whatever the market yep. looked like I was at like, that time? Fuck, so, fuck every okay. distributor. I don't like it. Um, like I, I'd heard horror stories about. Lionsgate, and I'm like, I'm not good enough for Lionsgate. Uh, and if that's bad, this is nonsense, and we're just going to do it this way. We looked at indie rights too, and they were like, uh, we want you to cut it in half and make it into two things. And honestly, it probably would have made us more money that way if we're like, oh, The Man in Room 6, part one and part two. But I was like, no, I, I, it's my creative thing, and I, I want to do it my way. And much respect to my producers and stuff that were like, okay you know because like if i'm on the other side of things and i'm like i want money i want to see a return on investment and stuff i would be like dude you got to break this into pieces we could have two movies right now you yeah, could... but you're seeing a return you know you're seeing a return and you're holding yep. to what you want to do I, I respect that for sure yeah i mean it's the first money i've ever seen ever did you go on a festival run with Manor we did Sex? a few festivals but that's a hard two and a half hours is a hard program yeah, time, it is sucking a time, lot of their time, time. Yeah. slots are... so it, what's cool about that though is when you get into the f festival you're like i won <laughs> you know because oh, it's a two and a half hour movie because like, yeah. they have to like build their shit around you yeah. uh so yeah we went out to um arizona origins okay origins film festival and we won best film there and jackie won best actress and I won Best Director. My, yeah, fir like my first you. award, yeah. I, I'm not really sure why, but, you know, uh, other uh, the, the I, I'm, I'm happy for Jackie. Jackie deserves it for sure. Got nominated for a couple other things and got these cool, like, little statues that look like mummies and stuff. And then um, Nathan Karimi's film festival, his inaugural one, we won there too. So where, uh, where's, what's a feature look like for you? Uh, I have a feature script. And I, 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 I'm really excited about it because it's like um, the first script that I've written where I think that someone might shoot me in the street for it. And it's like, that's, <laughs> that's powerful material, right? Like uh, if, you, if you can tickle a nerve like that, this seems interesting. And it's been something that's been in my head for a really long time, but I really don't want to do the crowdfunding thing. I hate it. It is a drag. I don't like it at all. 
Have it, you had it, success with bogus. it? I guess. I don't know. What What do you consider success? A dollar. Sure. Yeah, I've had a lot of success. More than it costs you to put it making, up. <laughs> making your goal. Have well, you met, made your goal with the crowdfund? Uh, yeah, it, it's always like you have like this this main goal, and then there's like a, a secondary right. thing. And yeah. I've never made the main goal or like exceeded that or anything. But I've always gotten my money back, or I've always gotten the money out of it. Like it, yeah. we've always hit the threshold for it. But like it, it feels really bogus because like they're not helping you at all right like no. it, it it's an escrow account or something and then they're taking what nine percent or five percent or whatever yeah, but they built the yeah. platform they did i mean they gave you a, a place Dude, to put it out that's, whatever that's i we didn't it want to sucks. do it it's, it, 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 it sucks because no, because like every person that that contributes I push them there directly, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they didn't stumble onto it yeah. and go, this is cool, right. right? Like that's what you expect doing a crowdfunding campaign. I'm going to go up on Kickstarter and someone's going to discover it and then they're going to give me some money. No, it never happens. Nah, I felt like begging. I was yeah, that's what yeah. it felt like begging. Yeah, exactly. That don't, don't come to the movies you made in the past and now you're begging them to support the movie in the future. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah, it seems like nonsense. I, I'm not... I'm not into it anymore. I, like I'll just ask him, give me twenty bucks, dude. I'll put it in in my my savings account. That feels better. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, like that. It feels better to have a savings account where like you see some money from you, the previous movie and stuff, and then it's like it's accumulating interest now, right? And that feels better than giving away nine percent of everything that you you begged for. So let me let me ask you this: Do you think that film distribution from a from a separate company is dead. Uh, I don't think so. There, there's there's a bunch of naive filmmakers out there that can get Well, I mean, right from, from, the, from the filmmaker perspective, do you think it's dead for filmmakers that that is just a dead end path that you cannot make money that way? I mean, there's like non-traditional dis- distribution like uh, indie rights and I've I've heard good stories about indie rights. They didn't want our thing uh, to be the way it was sure uh, but they're basically just an aggregator too they're not going to promote your stuff either and with film hub it just feels like it feels like a machine is churning out the money and stuff rather than there's there's like a gatekeeper that could just lie about how much your your, your stuff made right like you can see reports coming from individual streaming services if nobody picks up your movie or goes to watch it you that's get true. zero that's true so it's way different than them pumping it out and saying well yeah. i had to do this and yeah. you got to recuperate the cost before yeah. i give you a dime yeah and those reset every year and with all the other stinking rules that are out there <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, i mean indie rights has a benefit that they they're like it con film market and the american film market and they have their big like binder full of uh, films people can look through it and go oh shit i want that and stuff and i i think that there's some kind of benefit for that but i did afm when it was online because you know i can't fly out to yeah. la yeah. it was surprising how many scam distributors were there and uh how much it was just filmmakers trying to get their stuff sold like that that was everything right like i i expected it to be like all like a hub for all these like business people that are trying to buy up movies but instead it's like a bunch of filmmakers like please take my thing and talking to all the bad people because all the bad people are there yeah right trying to get a hundred to get one right that's right they're just buying them up and within six months that one is probably at the end of the list and they got a thousand more yep yeah. Yeah. So, so what did you do game. to push your movie? Because obviously you had to do it yourself through self-distro. What, yeah. did, what steps did you take? It, it's really hard. 
with Coyote, it was super easy. <laughs> like, and, and it was 2013, we were done with it. And everybody was just asking me, like, for screeners to review and stuff. We got a ton of reviews. For this, we had to, like, really ask people. There's this thing going on now where um, there are these PR firms for filmmakers like us mm -hmm. and it's like you pay two thousand dollars and they're going to shop your stuff around to get reviews and because they exist now you can't go to a reviewer themselves and go like hey will you look at my thing they'll just ghost you like they're they're not into it and things like movie review websites that are a big deal film thread i think it is yeah yeah where you pay you pay them to do a review now yeah, because it, it didn't used to be. Because you I, can you can get Film Threat to do it for free, but if you want it to be done within like six months or something, it's like oh, now pay us a little bit and you can get yeah, it out there. We sent stuff to Film Threat, you know, yeah. way back when, and they just reviewed it. And yeah. No, but I can there. see how everything becomes a top-down thing, and the reviewers are even like, no, I'll work with these three services only. Right, they're going to send me stuff. It's less work on them. They're yeah. only going to send them good stuff or stuff they selected. Yeah, off we say only we did a bunch of homework, and we were like, these people would like it, right? Like these are the the, the types of people that we want to review it and stuff. And then we um, sent feelers out, and like that's what we did with Coyote. It was just like, hey, what do you think of this? If you want it, I'll send you something, right? And like a lot of people responded, and this it was not like that at all. It was just uh, it was radio silence for most reviews and stuff. So it was really just a matter of getting the people involved with the creation of the film to talk about it and stuff. And social media, I like as much as everybody thinks it's really important, it's not. It's not really. Right? Like, <laughs> the same 12 people like your yeah. oh, shit. Like, yeah, you got to get outside that, the box. That, that's that's totally people. true. And like the people that are on Facebook and stuff, they don't they don't leave their house, right? Like that's good for your streaming stuff. Let them know when your stuff's out on Tubi because then they'll actually go and like They'll, they'll click on it and watch it that way. But you're, yeah, <laughs> I think so. According to my, my, my notes, it looks like they did. Okay. Getting people out to a theater is different. Those people aren't going to concerts. Well, some of them are, but yeah. like a lot of them are just at home on yeah. their TVs and stuff. So actually talking to people is really important, right? Actually communicating with people is really important. And I think that everyone neglects that because they're like, oh, you need insights on facebook and like it's like a bunch of fucking bots and stuff like you put out facebook ads and it's like so many people saw it no they didn't a couple people saw it and it's the same people that you talked to already yeah right so just talk to people like for real that's it i know that i have an unfair advantage because i have a bunch of students that i talk to all <laughs> the time right and they hey, know use me what you can man right and then i go oh yeah i got a movie and stuff right. and, 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 and have like, them won't see it either <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll come out now uh, yeah you know like my production students a lot of them came out good for them they're they're nice people Right. Uh, it, it helps when you screen at Webster and yeah. then you have yes. Webster students. I was right? say, yeah, you um, used your resources there as yeah. well. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I, I think young filmmakers like that that should be like your audience, right? Like they, yeah, well, um, yeah, that's what our whole podcast is. Hopefully, one day reach out to is like minded independent filmmakers who just want to hear more shit about. People grinding it out, right. trying to get things yeah. done. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, coming way back to my suck, you know, like uh, people think like this is a very Machiavellian kind of 
business, right? Like step on the step on the other guy so you can get a little bit further and yeah. stuff. And like that that's what they think instead of like everybody elevates everybody. Yep. The the film community's cool. Like the actors, again, I like the actors, right? Like they're they're all like I could work with this person in the future and stuff and they're they're great. But like the filmmakers, it's always a competition. It it always is. Especially if this was a festival that we went to and I'm not even sure for what movie it was, but me and another filmmaker were talking and we we both were like, yeah, neither one of us are going to see each other's films, are we? We're like, no. <laughs> we both know this. Because yeah. nobody, no filmmaker wants to see any other filmmaker's movie. They just want other people to see theirs. Which, I mean, I'm joking, but there's some truth in that, too. I... I... I like it for scouting. Like I, I'm always looking for like actors and stuff and, and someone who can do the thing that I, I have in my head. I watch stuff and I genuinely find things that I really like. I've felt like that at the filmmaker showcase a few times. Like there are sometimes experimental works and I'm like, whoa, that's incredible. That's really cool. I like that sort of stuff. I find things that I like a lot, but usually shorts, right? Features are, are tough to swallow especially yeah. for me now i got like a two-year-old i can watch like 30 minutes of a disney movie and then i'm done right right so it's kind of tough to watch watch a lot of movies now but i watch i watch stuff well going back to just a second ago just talking about how most people in, in hollywood movie making yeah. it's backstabbing to get to the next rung in the independent world it, it shouldn't be that way you yeah. know you, you pick people up and you get you help each other out and you get there you don't need to fuck somebody over I agree. or anything to get, we can all get to the same place at the yeah. same time if we help each other out instead of fuck each other over. I have uh, <laughs> I have some beef with somebody, and I, I, I won't say their name either, but... Um, Local they, uh, filmmaker? Uh, a, a filmmaker <laughs> who, who put out um, a crowdfunding campaign, and I was like, oh, cool, I know people in this, right? And I watched his, his pitch video, and like in the middle of it, he goes, and this is not a two and a half hour movie. Oh no! And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, what man. are they gonna say that for? <laughs> and I was, and I, I heard later, ah, he wasn't talking about you. And then like he went on uh, an interview, and it was like he was like, ah, that didn't mean any any particular film. And I was like, dude, what? That's fucked up, dude. Oh, so yeah, no. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm feeling that more than ever. Right? You know like, what? It's just man? like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. You know? I, I had. Not that exact same thing happened, but after my first feature, another local filmmaker took it upon himself to write a screenplay mocking my first feature. Yeah. And another person <laughs> said, "Hey man, just want you to know this this person uh, wrote this. Just you know, just gonna send it to you just to read it." And I was like, "Holy shit!" It's like, okay, you don't like my movie, but you had to take the time <laughs> yeah. to write like a 10-page script shitting on my movie. Yeah. Why would it's they like, do wow. that? Wow. I Yeah, I was blown away. It's just cruel. I know. That's why I'm glad I'm new to this business as far as as a producer and stuff because I don't have any of these stories. But I think some of the things we're trying to do with this podcast is yeah. bring folks like yourself on yeah. who you have stories that young filmmakers can un understand a little bit more they could look at Man Room 6 and go, wow, man, he's doing all this. Well, yeah, you struggled, and yeah. you've got screwed in distribution, and you've got all these things. That's where we're at, and that's what we're trying to do to maybe 
close that family in a little bit more yeah. and say we're all kind of in the same yeah for here. sure i mean this is good you're bringing me in to talk about things right right and, and giving me a platform to speak and you're doing that for other filmmakers that are local and stuff and talking about our films and, yeah because we want to do we're we, connecting yes right? that's yes. thing in man in room six so just to go call it. just to go back to man in room six uh, again uh, chris and i actually went to see it at the winnie moore yeah. Auditorium. That was probably our best screening. Okay. And yeah, there's quite a few people there. And yeah. uh, Chris and I went and, and we, we met you briefly afterwards. There's a you know crowd of people surrounding yeah, yeah. you and everything. But I, I really dug it, man. The value of what you got to see on the screen, it just the production value I'm speaking of, it, it surprised me because it's hard to surprise me seeing uh, local filmmakers. Because I mean, there's some good stuff coming out of St. Louis. And, and I too have watched a lot of good things. But there's, you never know what you're getting into. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm happy I went. Oh, thank you. I, I'm happy yeah. I made a positive impact. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad I went too because, uh, well, I saw bits and pieces of Coyote, so I knew about it. Yeah. Uh, and I knew Jackie, obviously, and Stanzi very well. So I was like, yeah, I want to check this out because I know these people. I never met you. Your film, that was a great experience. This other director, Josh Guffey, uh, he had a film called All Gone Wrong. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, uh, I, it's good. I really it's liked really good. it. I, I would say in both cases, I went in expecting a, and I'm not trying to bash anybody, but I went in expecting a typical St. Louis film. Yeah. Yes. And what I mean by that is the primary focus of a typical St. Louis film the is camera. cinematography. Oh, we shot on the new red XP, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh -huh. And everything else takes a backseat. Yeah. It's like, I don't care what you shot on. That means literally nothing to me. That you shot, oh, we used Sydney Prime. I don't give a shit. You know, if you use the Airy Alexa, I don't care. What I care about, was this a compelling story? Yeah. Story for me trumps everything. Yeah. So it's like, was this interesting? Was it cool? I don't care what you shot it on. It's a movie. It's supposed to look good. Yeah. Right? So I, I was very uh, pleased in both cases that it was not, you know, oh, this beautiful camera who gives a shit <laughs> hey it's beautiful i mean no it, it's i'm sorry i don't want to say it. it's it's a <laughs> very no, no, very no, pretty no. film yeah but but the focus was on the story the focus was on the story and the acting and everything else was right as it moved through right and, and okay. you challenged everybody to think during that film Holy yeah cow. that's that's the thing right <laughs> like it's it's a uh, um verisimilitude is the willful suspension of disbelief okay you get you get sucked into a movie right emotionally yeah. and then there's this other thing called ver from doing's effect that's a Bertolt Brecht thing. I don't know. I'm being weird, right? Ah, you're, uh, you're being it's, it's, it's the alienation effect, right? So you recognize that you're watching a movie. So anytime, at one point, breaking the fourth wall did that to you. Someone looks into the camera. Yeah. Right? And then you go, wait a second, I'm watching something. There's a movie going on here, right? And you start to think about it rather than feel about it, right? And I, I really like the idea of doing this push-pull thing where you get sucked in and then like rip you out real quick ah. and go back and forth this stuff was done a lot with like the french new wave and stuff 1960s right and then in like the 1980s ferris bueller's day days ferris bueller's day off yes thank you um yeah like that that became like oh wait a sec that's kind of weird and interesting and then it's like that's kind of normal now yeah. And then Deadpool does it and it's like everything breaks the fourth wall. Everybody looks in the camera and you're like that's just normal for movies, right? Um it's it, it's been that way historically, right? Like things are in waves, yes. Are like well, they're like special effects initially and then it's just like part of 
Yes. It, it, that has language. to be in it to be like right. the, the standard. Yeah, like a dissolve. That right. was like, holy shit, there's right. a, how did they do that? Right. right? 1902. Yeah. And then it's like, no, that's just normal. Right. A close up. Oh my God, there's a, there's a disembodied head. It's gigantic. And now it's just like, that's normal. Yeah. And we just read it as normal. So I think the breaking the fourth wall has kind of lost it. So you got to do it some other For way. Now, so right. just like fuck with shit, right? Like like ruin ruin the the, the format of a movie. When's the next project coming out? You I got anything know. else? You don't? Is, is, it, is it written? Is it... <laughs> yeah, it's written. Uh, like uh, that's like the, always the thing, right? You go like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, we we yeah, just wrapped. Right. We wrapped on our thing, and the first first thing is, uh, yeah. When, where can I see it? I was like, what? (laughs) So I I just try to keep everything like kind of under wraps until it's ready. And that's what I did with Man in Room 6. Like people knew about it only because people were working on set, right? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't post about it. I didn't say like, oh, look at, look at all the cool stuff we're doing. And I feel like that's, that's kind of the thing too. You don't want to like, this is going to sound crass. You don't want to blow your load early right yes can't blow your load early. <laughs> right so so like um i've seen plenty of people put out like a trailer and people are like yes that's awesome and it's like a year later because they've got to do their festival run yeah. and all that stuff so do your festivals do all your stuff and then start promoting it and stuff whenever you're ready to distribute it because like 100 agree yeah film hub what it's like a couple of months from it actually getting picked up so like it says to be selected delivered and you go okay i got like either four weeks to two months and i can start pushing this thing like it's going to be on Tubi. so did you do the festivals before Tubi? yeah okay so you did all that first yeah i did all festivals first i'm ready to roll now so i got some word out there i got some visibility yeah so now i can put it out there yeah we we had some offers for festivals after we we did the distribution thing and we we're just like no what is the measurement of success for right me? you know like what 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 does it mean and I, I don't know i i don't have that answer do you have that answer what what would be success for you Chris? successful for me is paying back the investors yeah yeah that is what i consider successful not okay. making 10 million dollars or whatever i'd consider that pretty successful yeah that'd be successful <laughs> sure but an attainable level of success right. for me is we pay back the investors yeah, yeah. And the ability to make the next idea whenever that comes around. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. The pay back the investors and have the ability to make the next film. You you know though that like when, when, as you're paying back those investors, you need to be making the next film so that <laughs> yeah. you can you can like once you're like okay, I'm making this other thing. People are going to start looking at your old stuff, right? Yep. Like it, it, that's yep. how you can promote something that's not brand new. You know, like that's what's that's, always strange to me when you see a, a director finish up a film and they have a pretty successful you know maybe they get their money back or at least some of it and you ask them what they're doing next and they're like i i don't know i haven't got a plan <laughs> yeah. i go fuck dude you just spent a bunch of money and all this time and you, you you're not going to use this as a springboard i mean I, you're 100 right you need to keep going yeah yeah because you were writing you know you yeah. have a plan yeah I, I i feel like i'm slow though I wish I was faster. Yeah, but you're but, writer, director, your wife's producer, right? It's, yeah. It's all within your... But writing, writing's a bitch, man. Yeah, it's tough. Woman I'm dating, she's dying to watch Red Knight. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a crushing disappointment when she finally sees it. But she's... For our entire relationship, you've been working on this film. I really, I just want to see it, you know. And I said, no, I'm not going to show it to you until it's completely done. But I'm, I'm working on a new script, so... Yeah. She's, uh, can I, can I read that? I'm like, no. okay, I, I'll, you? no, I, yeah, I'll let you read that. Cause I'm not done, even done with the first draft. 
And as Hemingway said, all first drafts are shit. Yeah. So just know that this process, from what you read now to what it's going to finally be, is probably going to be very different. Yeah. Because it's it's never a straight path. You know, people that that's never read a script before and they used to reading novels, or they can't understand what the hell's going on in a script anyway. Yeah. That's Did it. she read it? The words. What's that? Did she read it? She read it. What did she think? She liked it. Yeah? My ex-wife good. would have hated it. That's <laughs> a ringer. It's All right. And you said, I know, it's first, it's first draft. I told no. you. Yeah, it could have been the 10th draft. She would have hated it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we, we've been talking about what we're going to go on this distribution journey. Mm-hmm. We are, but I, I'll be honest, I do not think we're going to find a distributor. No. An honest one. No. Yeah. We'll find out. But, you know, because, you know, we've got films in distribution. You know, we went through the same thing you went through. Someone reached out to us and, hey, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We had multiple offers. Yeah. And they were all percentage offers and yeah. no, mm-hmm. no minimum guarantee and stuff. That's about that too, right? Yep. Yeah. So um, actually, they um, you can you can negotiate a minimum guarantee now because Film Hub is destroying these people. Okay, yeah. well, that's good yeah. leverage. So that that is that. possible, nice. but know that that's all you're getting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've heard of a few companies that have also have bad reputations, but do end up giving a minimum guarantee for certain movies. Yeah. That's um, good to know. So it's possible. Don't bank on it. Yeah. So like there there's a lot of ways that they can make It's it. a new world out there, man. It's just yeah. crazy out there what's what's going on. Yeah, aggregators are cool. I mean like why why deal with somebody like that, you know? Like if you if you don't have to. Yeah, I mean that that's my my point from the beginning is if we're not going to make any money anyways, I would rather we put the film out ourselves and make zero as opposed to someone else puts the film out, makes a bunch of money, and we still make zero. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, think about what they used to do for you guys, right? Like, you have a low-budget movie that no one's heard of, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, and then they're going to take 12 of these, but they also have Spider-Man, yep. right? And they go, okay, Blockbuster, you want Spider-Man take these other 12 movies yep. and that's a great deal that's a great deal for you, you, yeah. you that yeah, makes a lot of sense but yeah like that. no more blockbuster no, no more no, anything like that right, right? so it, it it's just different so like now they're going to do basically some of them just take your stuff put it on film hub and then they take a cut yeah and it's like wow. like you have a contract that them. is is so is so front loaded to them yeah that it's impossible, and I think people are so excited that they don't understand how long five or ten years yep. actually is. Yeah. When it, yeah. Yeah, your you movie's get, dead. Yeah, after. you get yeah, stars exactly. in your eyes. You think, oh, ten years? Just think, I'll be making money in ten years right. now. Five years, your your movie's pretty much dead yeah. unless unless you have a cult classic or something. No, right. You're gonna there's that one million gotcha, right? It's just it's gonna it could happen, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what it is. But Golden Elevator. Stay tuned to our <laughs> podcast so you can hear our journey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything else you want to get off your chest tonight? Dude, I'm cool. Right. We we talked for a while. That's, I, that's all I good. appreciate you being honest with everything. That's yeah. the coolest coolest thing is did i say honest. anything bad if i said anything bad cut it out all right well i guess we're getting ready to wrap right. up here or anything well, we've covered uh, a lot tonight anything Greg? you want to want to leave uh leave us with any wisdom uh don't shoot at the ocean it's <laughs> okay. really hard we'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> all right well because you know we're gonna talk about what we always talk about what's that chris uh the highs the lows and the in-betweens of true independent filmmaking 
on the Any Film Sucks podcast, brought to you by 88 Millimeter Productions. Thanks again. You know, go to all the places. Check out the, Trevor. Get all the things. Check out Trevor Edward Younger's work. All right, well, we'll see you all next time. All right, thanks, Trevor. Right. Peace. Indie Film Sucks. Indie Film Sucks. It's the Indie Film Sucks podcast.